Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hi, I'm Dan from Desert Island Dicks. Today's episode features comedian Nigel Ng. He's uh, often known for uh, his character Uncle Roger, who you may have seen just absolutely roasting people for their uh, cooking abilities, which is very funny, and you should check him out on YouTube for that. And he's also a very funny stand-up as well. Um, and uh, you'll, you will see that in action in his... Uh, well, he's not doing stand-up today. He's telling us about the worst people and things he could be stuck with on a desert island, because that's the nature of the podcast as you know but uh, you will you'll witness him being funny because he is so so that's it really um as always you know it's great if you can subscribe to this podcast then you'll never miss an episode uh, any ratings or reviews you can leave us are always appreciated it really helps us out so that's great if you can and you know if you if you can't muster that up just tell a friend spread the word about uh, desert island dicks and uh, let the world be filled with people talking about dicks you know what I mean. That didn't come out right. But look, let's stop this rambling on, shall we? And let's get into the meat of the thing and listen to Desert Island Dicks with Nigel Ng. Hi, I'm Dan Benedictus and welcome to Desert Island Dicks, the show that sees you marooned on a desert island after a plane crash with the worst people and worst things imaginable. Who they are and why they're a dick is up to our guest and here to share their Desert Island Dicks with us today is comedian and creator of the character Uncle Roger, Nigel Ng. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. I'm good, Daniel. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Are you feeling in the mood to sort of get ranty? Is this a, an easy an easy thing for you? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I host my own podcast too, and uh, that's just me talking to a producer. My producer usually <laughs> just shuts up, but he's he's on screen. Otherwise, it's just me yelling in a room. Uh, so yeah, I, I am familiar with the format and ranting. I, I do that a bit sometimes, yes. <laughs> Good, because obviously, you know, you're sort of alter ego if we may call him that uncle roger is you know this this his whole shtick is kind yes. of like obliterating people's <laughs> cooking so I, I, I thought it's probably within your wheelhouse you know but i don't know how far the character is from you know part of your personality uh it's very close it's very close uncle roger is who i would become if i didn't leave malaysia if i grew up and stayed there i yeah. would become that person in 20 years time do you know what? Before before we started recording, I was suddenly like, oh, I didn't realize the time. I was like, oh, I've got to eat something quickly. And I thought, oh, what can I make quick? And I was like, oh, I'll just make some fried rice. And I just thought, oh, God. Like, <laughs> and then I was really aware of how I was making fried rice because uh, I've seen your critiques. So yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to go into the details in case you obliterate <laughs> me. 
<laughs> no, no, that's not the right, not the right platform for that. You need to make a video <laughs> on YouTube first. Yeah, I think there's enough of them, but I'm not going to throw my hat in the ring. So, mm-hmm. okay, well, um, let's dive into it then. You, you know, you're stuck on a desert island. Who's going to be the first dick joining you? First dick. It'll be terrible to be stuck with. Uh, I think Kim Jong Un. <laughs> yeah. You know, the North Korean leader, because you know people fear him, and then you're stuck on an island. He's not gonna. He's not gonna cooperate with you and try to survive with you, right? He's gonna start. He's used to ordering people around and killing whoever doesn't, you know, bring him berries or something. <laughs> so I think that's a terrible person to be stuck with. And I plus the language barrier. I can't. I don't <laughs> speak Korean, and he doesn't speak English. So he's just gonna. <laughs> yeah, that'd be terrible. What What is he gonna do? To tell me to do shit for him by pointing at stuff. Mm. Yeah, he's such an interesting character, isn't he? Because I think a lot of the time you see him, he's he sort of looks very smiley. Where of course we know that he's really not. You know, his press shots, he's a kind of standing around, smiling and waving. And I can imagine you being on a desert island with him. You'd sort of have a little joke, and he might laugh. And then the next day, like he like drops a rock on your on like a huge big boulder on your leg, and you're like, "What was that for?" And he's like, "That's for that thing you said yesterday." You know, that there'd be absurd reactions to any little thing you did. I think. Yeah, and you might disappear from the island if he doesn't like your jokes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I I wouldn't joke around with him. I don't think he will have a sense of humor. Sometimes when people are in that kind of position of power. You know, you know, in North Korea, every family, every household needs to have the like a po- portraits of the Kim, uh, the Kim family, right? I think yeah. Kim Il Sung, Kim Jong Il, all the leaders on it, it, as a picture in their in their house. So I think if you are that kind, that person, you know, whose pictures are at everybody's house, I, I don't think you develop a sense of humor. No. You know, there there is no time you, you develop a sense of humor because you are bullied and you need to find a way to deflect that kind of bullying. You know. So I don't think he's been bullied ever in his life. No, it's it's weird, isn't it? Because it's like, yeah, you, you, sometimes people in power or or from kind of privileged backgrounds, you think, oh, you know, you're going to be kind of hard to get on with. You know, you're a bit out of the loop. But in North Korea, where he's basically got a godlike status, yeah, and and so is his father and grandfather. So it's not like it even. I mean, the lack of self awareness must just be unreal. Who knows? Maybe he's like a really intelligent guy. Maybe he's very sensitive and uh, introspective, <laughs> but he has to put up this front, you know. Maybe, maybe we land on the island and he's like, "Oh, thank fuck, I can just be myself." Hey guys, how's it going? And he's just shaking everybody's hands, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh god, I'd have to work out which one of my family's plotting against me. It's okay, you know. Yeah, yeah. Please treat me like a normal human being. Call, call, call me, call me Un. Call me Un. Not, not this uh, supreme leader Kim. Please call me Un. Yeah, <laughs> it's such a fascinating world, though, isn't it? Like with North Korea, because I mean. Because he wouldn't have anyone to call on to sort of just instantly have you disappear. He'd have to do it on his own unless he could coerce the other people you've got there. So, I mean, maybe that's when he couldn't just click his finger and have you killed. Maybe he would just sort of go, oh, well, oh, right. I'm just a guy now. He can threaten you with like, just you wait till I get to my home country. Yeah. The missiles are coming for you, Nigel. You know, if you don't, don't do his bidding. So he could use that to threaten you for like a future missile launch on your house. So... <laughs> Yeah, or the entire West, you know. It's like, oh yeah, that or, that too. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if if he went missing though. Maybe, you know, maybe he have a good 
chance of being rescued because he's so revered. But then, then again, and I don't know if this is just propaganda, but it feels like their technology is lagging behind slightly. So I don't know if like a homing beacon on Kim Jong-un would be that effective. I, th- I think they have the tech, man. They just don't share it with their people. Mm. They probably have all the most um, futuristic military technology, I think. That's yeah. why that's why in South Korea everybody needs to serve in the army, right? They're all like, "Oh, shit's going to break out anytime." Yeah. Such a terrible life, isn't it? You know, you 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 want to go to uni and you finish uni, you're about to go to work and ah, like, oh, shit, I got to I got to be a soldier for 2 years. And then you studied art. And you're like, <laughs> I don't care, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm very glad we don't have national service in this uh, country. I'm so not cut out. Like, yeah, I host a podcast where I'm sarcastic about stuff. Right? Can I use sarcasm against the enemy? No. Okay. People don't like doing any sort of manual labor here. I find in, in Britain. That's why uh, yeah, I'm working with a lot of builders right now. Most of them, very very few of them, are British. Yeah. So people don't even want to tile floors, let alone like shoot guns at people. So yeah, <laughs> nobody wants to be in the military. It's, it's kind of lame now. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I'm very much of that of that group. So I've done a bit of manual labor, but I just wasn't very good at it. Yeah, same, same, same. <laughs> okay, so Kim Jong-un, so that's a strong start. We've got a big, you know, heavy hitter in there from the beginning. Who's going to join him? Who's the next person? I think this is more like a group, a group of people, not a specific person, but anyone who tells you about NFTs, <laughs> oh, that would be... The worst to be stuck on an island with them. They talk your ears <laughs> off about a monkey that's worth twenty thousand pounds, and they, I mean it's it's quite a big thing now. And it's only guys approaching me with it. Women never talk about NFT in my life so far. Yeah, it's always like unemployed, boring men who just be like, "Yo, bro, with your following, bro, on YouTube, you can you can make a lot of money doing NFTs, bro. <laughs> Generational wealth, bro." It's all just this, it feels very scammy, very get-rich-quick, very, you know, MLM almost, pyramid scheme type stuff. Yeah. And then it's, it's never an interesting conversation. It's never about, uh, make, like, you know, I make videos online, right? It's never about how I can make my videos better, how I can make them funnier, any constructive criticism on, like, filming techniques and stuff, uh, you know, any jokes they can uh, give me. It's more like just money. And hmm. because talking about NFTs is really just talking about money, right? And talking about money is one of the most boring things. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just a terrible conversation. Definitely. I remember there was one time I was in LA and I was jet lagged and I went out with a few friends and one of them started telling me about NFTs and I was just like half asleep. I was jet lagged. I was half asleep. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> just trying so hard not to tell him to like shut the fuck up, you know? Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Because it's something like I don't really understand it. So at some point, I kind of want someone to explain it to me, but I also don't want to have that conversation. Do you know what I mean? I want no. the knowledge without the without having to talk to someone about it. They're going to tell you, like, oh, it's a non-fungible token. And then you're like, okay, what, what does fungible mean? Mm, <laughs> yeah. There's just a few things these days where you just think, we're doomed like life doesn't make any sense anymore like my son will be watching a video of someone playing a video game on youtube and i'm like where how did we get to this thing and then like (laughs) nft seems like one step beyond that so you want me to buy a picture of a monkey but i can see the picture anyway but i've got to pay like four grand for that yeah but i own it and it is it is like as you said it's a very sort of masculine thing and i think sometimes when things get very collectible it is like you know like 
whether it's like expensive wine or art or like even DJing or something, people are like, oh, I want to know all about it and I want to sort of be a real geek about it. And it's just, it, yeah, it becomes so dull. Yeah, when you talk to guys, I think maybe our brains are wired differently, but we just, they just get stuck on one topic for half an hour. Hmm. You know, I think it's a, it's a guy thing. We like obsessing over things, and me included. If you get me going, I can talk about, like, I don't know, filming equipment and, and YouTube for many hours. I'll talk your ears off. But I think it's a guy thing. We just obsess over one thing, and we just lose track. We just get tunnel vision. So sometimes I know friends who are into knives, kitchen <laughs> chef knives, and I, okay. I'm kind of into them as well, but yeah. uh, I don't know enough. Or they're into, like, I don't know, any, any sort of weird hobby, really. Planes, they can talk their ears about planes or cars or watches. Mm. You know, I I think yeah, it's it, it. There seems to be a masculine trait like that, right? I've never, I've never hung out with uh, uh any 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 of my female friends, and then realize they are talking my ears off about something. They always like have a few topics they talk about, not just one. Yeah. Also, maybe because they're just better at listening in conversation, and we're yeah, just like, true. let me tell you everything I know about <laughs> yeah. this thing. I know you didn't ask, but I'm just going to carry on. So, sometimes I like whiskey, right? So sometimes I pour a, a glass of whiskey for someone, and then they like whiskey too, and then just start telling me about all the other whiskeys that I don't have and how <laughs> what they taste like. It's like, can we just enjoy this? Yeah. You know, I just poured it so I you have something to do while you're at my house. <laughs> I didn't pour it so to as an invitation for you to kind of expound on your knowledge of whiskey. Yeah, yeah. It's like I do really want a scotch, but yeah, I don't want to. Not the conversation. Yeah, it's, it's sometimes an invitation, isn't it? Mm. That's why I don't want to smoke cigars ever because that's another yeah. invitation. Yeah, you can't. You can't. A guy like smoking a cigar. I guarantee you there's going to be another guy coming up next to you and be like, yo, this, you like cigars, bro? And he's just telling you about his last, his last trip to Cuba or something to buy cigars there. So I need to find like a hobby that doesn't invite further conversation. Maybe like yeah. pottery or something. <laughs> <laughs> With NFTs though, it's weird because, you know, I guess they're an equivalent to something like stocks and shares and that sort of thing. But it's quite easy to avoid conversations about shares because most normal people aren't involved in it, you know, and it's like, yeah. well, if you're kind of in that industry, you're a bit of a bubble and there's sort of, you know, it's kind of a bit of a social class as well. So it's kind of that out of arm's reach. But I think because NFT is a bit more like an everyman kind of thing, it sort yeah. of infringes on your life a bit more. And it's like, ah, oh, now we've got to talk about this shit. I think the solution to this is, is to take up smoking, you know? So sometimes <laughs> I'm stuck in a party at a conversation at a party and I'm like, oh, I wish I smoked because you yeah. just have an excuse to like, bye, I need to go smoke. I have an yeah. addiction, guys. Bye, let me just <laughs> jump out of this conversation. <laughs> it's like long-term health damage, but short-term gains. I think, And I think you weigh it up, it's probably okay. Yeah, you don't even have to smoke and you just have to carry a pack of cigarettes. And I just, yeah. you know, show it to them. Don't vape because vaping, you have to, they'll tell you, oh, just do it indoors. I don't care. And you're like, fuck. <laughs> now it's the worst of both worlds. I have this addiction and I can't leave conversations. So just buy a pack of cigarettes, you know, like a half half empty one. So you, you can hear the sound, you shake it. And then just, just go outside and just walk around the block. You don't even have to smoke it. It's just a little <laughs> get out of jail free card. Yeah, it's a good idea. I might adopt that myself, definitely. Yeah, I just thought, <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm going to do it. <laughs> Or show them a bag of cocaine, and then yeah. just—it doesn't have to be cocaine. It can be just be salt or MSG. Like I talk about it a lot in my videos. But you just put it in a little plastic bag, a sealable one, and just, oh, and then you know, fuck off to the bathroom and be on your phone for a little bit. Yeah, because then you can sort of you've got more of an excuse that they can't join you. If it's cigarettes, they might be like, oh, I'll come with you. If it's oh, cocaine, yeah, you're like, true. sorry, it's really expensive. I can't <laughs> yeah. give you any. 
<laughs> uh, yeah well i mean i'm going i'm glad that out of out of the negativity about nfts has come this this positivity you know it's like the pearl and the oyster you know we've kind of we found something positive from yeah it, so, do so drugs and smoke i think that's the, the lesson here <laughs> if you want to be have a happy life <laughs> okay who's going to be the third person joining you i think it has to be jamie oliver Okay. Because yeah. I've shat on him in so many videos. He hasn't, <laughs> he, him nor his team uh, has responded to me yet. Uh. But I know they're aware. Uh, so it's just going to be that the most awkward conversation. You know, if we board a plane and the plane crashes, first of all, boarding a plane with Jamie Oliver, uh, I think he probably flies private now. He's too rich. Mm. But if we board a plane together, then we just, our eyes meet and we're like, oh no, that's awkward. You have to make sure to use different bathrooms on the plane you know you don't want to run into each other uh but he's probably he probably fly, flies like first class or whatever but then we land on the island and then we have the awkward conversation of, okay hey hey jamie um so um can we just forget that i shed on you for like the past two years and uh let's <laughs> forage some food can we go hunt <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah just knowing that that sort of uh thing i mean for people who don't know this would have been un under the guise of uncle roger yes and, yes um, and uh, critiquing jamie oliver's cooking yes i've critiqued him making egg fried rice i've critiqued him making green curry uh ramen mm. and among many other dishes butter chicken so. <laughs> <laughs> and people love it when i when i roast him a bit because a lot of his food is very health conscious and very British public friendly and I, that's why he's so that's why he has mass appeal right mm. but if you make something online I think criticism is fair play and I do it in a funny humorous way which I'm yeah. very proud of but yeah it would be awkward to see him like, yeah. so we finally meet Jamie and it's <laughs> under the wor the weirdest circumstances on this island yeah because it's it's hard to know what he's really like because you know he's got such a sort of like i'm a cheeky happy geezer sort of persona so he seems like you know like quite friendly kind of guy but like he's obviously a very driven individual to sort yeah. of amass the success that he's had you know and like like i think he's worth more than the beatles you know he's got like a huge wow. fortune i mean or at least one of it i think i think i saw it compared to paul mccartney's wealth once and it was more and i just thought that's that's just mad but well, paul mccartney hasn't put out new shit for many years now but jamie oliver has a new cookbook every christmas yeah so, yeah. <laughs> yeah he he has a lot of money man like his all his restaurants closed out and he's still a multi-millionaire yeah you know that's yeah. that is you, you done well jamie you didn't you did well <laughs> But I, th I think, you know, because of that driven nature of his, you know, maybe there is like quite a hard guy underneath it or like a hardened personality who doesn't take any shit and just wants to expand and, and flatten everything in his path. Yeah, he's going to try to open a, a restaurant on that island. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Jamie, I'd rather eat twigs. Yeah. I'd rather eat the twigs. <laughs> 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 I mean, it'd be such a like elephant in the room. You wouldn't be able to not broach the subject quite early on, or even if you sort of, you just have to get it out the way, and then yeah, and, and you're not really sorry either. You kind of think, well, nah, it's not really fair. Sorry. I'm like, <laughs> yes. hey, that was pretty funny, right? Hey, Jamie, come on, come on, you you laugh right? Come on, if it if like I will tell Jamie, if it were anyone but you, you would laugh at this these videos, you know. Mm. Yeah, if it were Gordon Ramsay instead of you, you you would laugh at it. So come yeah. on, come on, Jimmy, come on. <laughs>
you know. And and normally I'd say if you're stuck with a chef on an island, it's quite useful because they can help you with the cooking and stuff. But you don't like his cooking, so it's not even that useful. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jamie, Jamie, put the spatula down, Jamie. Put the pan down. <laughs> let me let me cook, please. Put yeah. the pan down, Jamie. <laughs> Fair enough. I wonder how they're all going to get on together. I mean, Kim Jong Un, I think, will just quite quickly just go off to the other side of the island and sort of I be think working on some kind of sinister thing. I could get Kim Jong Un to be on my side by you know by telling him how shit Jamie's cooking is and Jamie's cooking is, and then Jamie actually cooks for him, and then if he agrees with me, if Kim's like, yeah, this is pretty shit, mate. Come on, <laughs> and then we we will actually be friends, you know, because we probably both love Asian food. Mm, and then yeah. um, the NFT guy, I, I, I don't care about him. Let, let him just drown or something. <laughs> <laughs> they're I all unemployed it's... these days. NFT yeah. people, it's like they're, they're unemployed, but they don't want to say they're unemployed, so they're into NFTs because they read two articles about it. <laughs> and anybody can mint a token these days. Mm. You know, there are websites where you can just, I don't know, sign up for an account and mint your own little picture of something. So... If you if you tell me the first words off your mouth are I do NFTs, then I I think to myself, yeah, you're unemployed. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Okay, well, I think you've got a good selection of of people to make it quite awkward, and uh, we need to now see how how much more unpleasant we can make it. Because mercifully, amongst the wreckage of the plane, there was some food and drink left over. Unfortunately for you, it's your least favorite food and drink in the world. What are they, and why are they so bad? And obviously, you know, people listening are going to be particularly interested to hear your your comments on the food and drink I think well uh, your listeners are mostly British I assume mostly based here yeah mostly it's fairly spread out but, okay. uh, but yeah mostly British I think yeah I would say the worst food is if everything was catered by Wagamamas <laughs> you know and for listeners outside the UK Wagamamas is this uh, pan-Asian food chain you know it's very very bland it took like Asian food but took away the best parts of it mm. and then just served up the most inoffensive the most pandery bland stuff so you would get like a chicken katsu curry but it has doesn't really taste like a katsu curry it just tastes like some sort of mild gravy with chicken and they also go like try to go the healthy route mm. you know they use very little oil and they make a pad thai with very little oil and it's like come on it's supposed to be like stir fried noodles so anything by wagamamas you know you're already stuck on an island and you have to subject yourself to this very shit food mm. that's bland and because it's so bland, you, you end up eating a lot because it, it, you, you, you're not satisfied. You know? You're not satiated. And they try to make it healthy. And, and, and edamames. Everybody gets the edamame there. And it's just very basic. <laughs> so, yeah, there's anything by Wagamamas, man. They're like Asian fusion, but they fuse themselves with everything except flavor, I think. <laughs> it's like all sorts of Asian. They have chicken katsu curry. Then they have a Thai green curry. Then a Panang curry. Then a Penang, which is Malaysian. Um, mm. A Malaysian fried noodle dish. And ramen, oh, their ramen is like, I only go to Wagamamas if I'm stuck at Gatwick Airport and there's no other choice. Mm. You know, that's, that's, that would be terrible. That would be t- I'm already stuck on an island and you make you subject me to this. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. I love noodle soups, like any kind, from just like a packet of ramen noodles in the cupboard to like, just, it's like my favorite comfort food, like any kind of Asian noodle soup. Great. But it's still like, there's something a bit lacking with them. It's sort of like, there's not, like, where's the punch, you know? Like, where's the sort of... Well, the broth isn't made properly. They mm. they probably don't make, it like, a bone broth for, like, 18 hours, you know? The broth is probably, like, just pure water and they put salt in it. <laughs> <That's> it. <laughs> Maybe a bit of miso and soy sauce. And then they call it a broth. And the thing is, 
unfortunately, with the British public, there's no incentive to improve their food because everybody's going vegan. So if they say, oh, we marinated, this is a pork bone broth, you know, or we marinated pork bones in here for 24 hours, people actually want to buy it less <laughs> compared to, oh, this is soy-based, light soy-based vegetable broth, you know, that people are like, oh, it's light, it's soy, it's, it's vegan and it's healthy. Mm. So there is no incentive. I, I blame the rise of veganism, man. <laughs> so and peop- now because they're missing out on so much, not just meat. Okay, if you don't want to eat meat, that's fine. But so many good things come from, you know, rendering fat off of meat, boiling bones of a pig or bones of, a, of any animal, you know, creating stock from meat dishes. And that really adds body to a dish. You could have a vegetable dish, but, you know, if you cook in, I don't know, uh, chicken stock, you add some body to it. I, I don't know what kind of dish would, that would that would be, but I'm sure you can use some animal products in vegetables, which is which is done a lot in uh, Asian cuisine. You know, cook with pork lard, uh, oyster sauce, you know, that kind of thing. So these little meat enhances a lot of stuff. So to not eat meat at all, they get used to bland food. They think that's what you know. I I, I guess it's the more like good for the environment and stuff, but our life is too short. Enjoy it, you know, kill a chicken. <laughs> so uh, they, they, they do all this and then the British public is go- leaning more and more vegetarian and that's why Wagamama's has to go with the, go where the dollars are, right? So they serve more and more things that are be- vegetable-based broth, you know, aubergine. Oh, that's not the same, is it? I just always think with Wagamama's, there's so much image over substance, you know, like I, I remember walking past one and they were like, we're hiring and, and it had like details of the sort of people they wanted. And it should just be like, do you want to work at Wagamama's? But it's like, we want interesting, funky, different people. Oh. And it's like, have like good food. I don't care what it looks like, they, your, like your restaurant, but you know, you can go to like some real shithole looking place, but they have like food that just tastes like it's been cooked for hours and just is really good. You know, like that makes more difference. Yeah, I agree. I, I, a lot of these, like, the worse the job is, the more they want kooky people. Yeah. You know, like, we want someone fun. We want someone uh, exciting and, and chases their passion. It's, it's customer support for a bank, mate. <laughs> it's answering the phones because people can't log into their accounts. <laughs> Let's just uh, lower the standards. Let's not try to hire Elon Musk for every position. <laughs> Can we do that? Can we just say, uh, do you need money? Like now, because of COVID and stuff, yeah, jo- just join us. Uh, we know you're going to leave anytime, so just join us. We don't have to do, you know, let's, let's skip the bullshit. You know, we're not going to ask where do you see yourself in five years because the answer will be like not here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, run. If you're applying for a job and you see like they want kooky, interesting people, fucking run. Yeah. It's a shit job. Do you think investment <laughs> bankers, high-flying, white-collar jobs put out like something, a, a recruitment post on LinkedIn, and that's what they look for. Oh, we're looking for fun-loving, out-of-the-box thinking individuals. You know, <laughs> they, they, you think they put that for hiring CEOs for good jobs? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we're going to give you like a sort of a, a Wagamama-style buffet, like a tasting menu from Wagamama's for your food. Then, um, What would your drink choice be? My drink of choice, uh, the, the worst thing I would think of, the alcoholic, if it's an alcoholic thing, Jaeger bombs. Mm. You know, they it 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 never ends well. And then if you get to the point of the night where you think Jaeger bombs are a good idea, it's it's time to go home, man. Mm. You know, and it, it the taste itself, I I I like you know whiskey. I like nice some nice wine, beers. I like everything. But Jaeger bombs have like a Jaeger Meister tastes like cough medicine, 
And Red Bull tastes like Red Bull. You know, it's mm. sickeningly sweet and also medicine-y, you know? Like, there's a kind of yeah. weird chemically artificial type flavor to it. So you mix the two and it's just, oh. <laughs> and then you feel so sick afterwards because, you you know, you're, you're hyped up on all that sugar and alcohol as well. And it's just not a pleasant feeling. Yeah. I mean... The fact that you're drinking a glass with a glass in it as well is like, yeah. this doesn't make any sense. You're like, I don't know why they decided that rather than just like mixing the two things. It's like, no, you get a glass, you put another glass in it. But why do we do this? Why don't we just sort of, I think, it's such a strange thing. I think it's a fun thing college kids like to do and it kind of took hold. Mm. You know, yeah. Jägermeister is not, it's not a trendy drink by itself. Who Who goes out and has a shot of just Jägermeister, you know? Yeah, in Germany, it's like an old man's drink. I was married to a German woman for a long time, uh, not anymore. But I, I, I was with a German woman for a long time. And they said, she said, uh, Jägermeister is just shit. Old man used to drink until the Jäger bomb came mm. into came into uh, the world. Yeah, I remember thinking like there was this advert for Jägermeister that I thought was quite fitting because it's like a group of friends they gather in a wood and they like collect all these things from the forest and they build this huge magnificent stag out of all the materials from the forest and then they set fire to it and i just thought that's a really good metaphor because it's like i don't care how many fucking ingredients uh you put into it it's just wasted at the end you know it's like or people try and get rid of it you know so you craft it with all these things and then you try and get rid of it as quickly as you can because it's disgusting yeah what is in jägermeister like antler horns or something because there's a, there's a deer on the on the yeah. logo or something right yeah who knows who knows who yeah. cares who cares it's probably chemicals so i think you've got not enough flavor from your food and too much flavor from your drink <laughs> um okay now fortunately you won't be without entertainment on the island the plane's entertainment system continues to work but just your luck it only has two working settings one is your least favorite film of all time and the other is your least favorite song what are they and why there really isn't a least favorite, but something I'm sick of is like Yellow by Coldplay. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah I can't, I can't, I can't listen to it once a year, that song maybe. <laughs> and anything more is like, oh no, here we go again. And it was all yellow. Oh, what does it even mean, Chris? What does it mean it's all yellow? <laughs> it's, it's such a sort of like slow plodding uninteresting song isn't it it's- yeah somebody put it on uh youtube recently i, I because i've uh when they, i put it on tv usually it's just youtube right so they play music through there so they put it yellow on youtube and i don't know if you've seen the music video for yellow but it's just the most low budget <laughs> shit you know it's, it's chris martin walking on a beach singing the song one take one take and it's not like it's not impressive because he actually fucks up one of the takes he actually like kind of smiled a little bit, kind of laughed a bit because he was like, "Oh, this is so ridiculous!" And filming this, so he, he messed it up. So the one take thing is only impressive if you do it correctly. Yeah. But it's one take with mistakes in it, and they didn't bother to reshoot the whole three minute song. They just, yeah, it's fine, Chris. It's fine. Just, just, just laugh. It's fine. It's funny. Just laugh. I just think he's got a terrible voice, and often, like if you see him doing a live song. It's just all over the place. It sort of like jumps from here to there and people also go, oh, but I quite like him for that. So, <laughs> but for that kind of music, I think you should be able to sing. I think it's like the minimum level. Like that's that's all we're really asking of you, Chris. Yeah, that he, 
I don't know. Yeah, he's. I think he got so lucky because yeah, you're right. He's he. It's not a great singer, and his music he does pop essentially. And you 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 know you look at someone like Ariana, who crushes or, or even Ed Sheeran, who and many people seem to hate, but he's actually a good singer. He can carry a tune, and his voice is nice sounding. But then Chris Martin, yeah, you're right. He's kind of like kind of f- failing, flailing, you know, in his voice and his vocals aren't great. But then he's has one of the biggest bands in the world. I I don't know how he did it. I know it's weird. I think it was like maybe that time when it was like indie and sort of poppy indie, and it's sort of like around then. So it's like, well, because we're going to sort of pretend a bit to be like an indie band, then maybe you can get away with not singing quite as well. But but yeah, for the size of that band, it's just uh, it just does it really annoys me. Yeah. <laughs> It like touched a nerve, but I think yeah, being stuck with that as well. It's like because it's not something you're ever going to get excited by, and like there are probably worse songs, you know. But I think it's just it's very bland. Yep, agree. Don't don't, 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 don't listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, and what would you watch? What's the, your film choice? Schindler's List, man. It's uh, oh, I like it's a good film, but I thought he's stuck on a desert island. With it, you know, life is depressing enough, and then you see that red coat. Oh, it's too much, too much. You see, Schindler, you see, like Liam Neeson. We gotta play Taken. That would be a fun film. Mm. You know, Taken or Con Air. That would be fun films to watch on the desert island. You can forget your misery for a little bit. Mm. But then you play Schindler's List, and it's like, oh, I know you're miserable on this island, but you know these people are way more miserable than you. you know? <laughs> This guy has to save the Jews, you know? And it, it's just, yeah, these people went through so much shit, so don't complain. You're on a desert island, but you have Wagamamas there, you have food and Jaeger bombs and Jamie Oliver. <laughs> Stop bitching. <laughs> so I just want to watch, you know, any movie that is about tragedy, not just mm-hmm. Schindler's List, really, but any movie that is about that, not, not great, not a great film to watch on a desert island. Yeah, because it's films that are sort of, oh, it's about an important thing, you know, and it's well done. But are you enjoying it? You know, like you can sort of go, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a good, important film. But I'm not like, yeah. how many people watch it more than once? Do you know what I mean? You're like, oh, I'm really in the mood for Schindler's List. Yeah, it's like in the stand-up world, that's like Hannah Gatsby's The Net. <laughs> you know, like important work, groundbreaking, original. I don't want to watch it. <laughs> I've, I've seen the whole thing. So I think mm. I've, I have my own opinions on it. And, you know, very, very, not, en- not an enjoyable watch. Very important, very influential, very acclaimed, but no thanks to Nanette on a desert island. Yeah, I think um, for me, the best thing about Schindler's List is that, you know, there's like a lift manufacturer, Schindler. Yeah. Occasionally you get in a lift and you can go, Schindler's Lift. And like, that's yeah. about it for me. Like, but, you know, <laughs> apart from that, I mean, that's a weak joke. I wonder you know? what came first, you know, did a lift come first or the <laughs> movie? You know? Yeah, someone's like, hey, I'm going to make a list. Like, that's it. I was in the yeah. elevator one day and I just thought, yeah, I'm going to save all these Jewish people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if Imagine if Schindler made escalators. That movie would not happen. Yeah. Because there would be no pun there. Yeah, unless he was just like a guy who just made every situation a bit worse. Maybe you know? it would be, if you want to do a pun, what, Schindler's refrigerators to rhyme with elevators? Yeah, it doesn't work. It doesn't yeah. work. <laughs> Schindler, oh, you keep... Schindler, you keep making this problem bigger and bigger. You keep escalating this whole thing. Like, yeah. that's it. That's it. That's my new business venture. <laughs> After I'm done saving the Jews, I'm going to make some escalators <laughs> to bring them to higher places. 
Okay, Nigel, finally, the island is overrun by the biggest dick of all the animals. Which animal is it and why? Mosquitoes. That's an animal, yeah. right? Yeah, that's an yeah. insect animal. Sorry. <laughs> I haven't done biology in a long time. Um, I, I grew up in Malaysia and mosquitoes were everywhere and they are very annoying and there's no rhyme or reason who, who they bite, you know, because there'll be times where I get bitten a lot and there'll be times where tons of mosquitoes are around me and I don't get bitten at all. Mm. It's a luxury we take for granted living in the UK. There's no, there are no flies unless it's in the summer, you know, like two weeks out of the year. And there are no mosquitoes. Mm. So I, I really enjoy that. But in Malaysia, there's so many of them. It gets so annoying. You hear that. Yeah, that. Just as you're going to sleep, isn't yeah. it? And then you, you have to slap them as they fly past your ear, but you never hit them. So you end up just slapping yourself, you know? And it's just, it's just really annoying. Imagine a desert island, you're already struggling, you're thirsty, you're hungry, you're tired, and then... And I don't think there'll be mosquito nets there. No. So you're screwed. And that's the thing, like, when you go to a country where there's a lot, you know, sometimes you might be near a river and it's early evening and suddenly it's like there's clouds of them or something, you know, and you're like, I've had it before, I've been going down a river on a boat and there's a light at the front. So it's just, they're all just attracted. And it's just like... I'm going through like a fog of mosquitoes. I mean, there's that many. It's just like, Oof. you know, and you just can't, you're like, are they in my hair? They're everywhere. Just like, oh, and man, it's itchy so too. They bite you and it's itchy. And sometimes you get, you get dengue, you get malaria. Dengue is very common in Malaysia. And then I have, I have a friend, I have a few friends who are doctors here, right? So one day in, Man- they work in Manchester. And one day in the hospital, they had an emergency meeting because there was one case of dengue. This guy came back from Southeast Asia. And uh, my, my friends were like, my Malaysian friends who are doctors there were like, uh, it's just dengue, dude. But they had a whole, everybody was all, you know, all people, doctors on holiday will call back to, or go on Zoom or call back into the hospital wow. to do this emergency meeting because they've never seen dengue before. My Malaysian <laughs> friends are just like, uh, well, you just let them rest and give them an IV drip and they'll be good in a week. <laughs> <laughs> But also, they're not like that. What are they for? Mosquitoes? They don't. Do they serve any purpose? Like some insects, you think, you know, oh, this is disgusting, but it helps break down this or this thing eats them, and then that helps. But mosquitoes are just dicks, aren't they? I don't think they do anything. Yeah, I don't know. I think they're just uh, nature's way of annoying people. Mm. You know, I don't yeah. think mosquitoes serve any purpose in the food chain. Nobody eats. There's no animal that eats mosquitoes. No, I don't think so. Right, and mosquitoes don't eat anything, so there's no part of the food chain. Mosquitoes are superfluous. It's uh, it's it's a useless animal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't think like the world would fall apart if we got rid of them. There might be some biologist out there that's like screaming at me, just going, "Oh, you idiot! They're crucial." But I think we could. We let's give it a go. I think you know. Yeah, let's let's, let's do it. There are a few animals that we can do away with. Yeah, you know, mosquitoes, definitely. cockroaches. Oh, they're come on! Suck. Like what? Yeah, what? Them. What? What? That role that do they play in the food chain? A roach, you oh, know? Yeah, they're dicks, definitely, hundred yeah. percent. Okay, well, Nigel, look, I think you've made a superb list of of horrible people and things for your island, and um, you know, it's going to be a, a a shitty situation for you. So, so uh, yeah, well done. You've nailed the brief very well. So, thank you for for coming and sharing that with us today. Thank you. Now, Nigel, obviously, you have your YouTube channel. Um, is that the best place for people to sort of keep up to date with everything you're doing, or? Yes, you can fo- follow me on social media. It's at Mr. Nigel Ng, M-R-N-I-G-E-L-N-G. Uh, I also have a podcast. It's called Haya 
you know, Haya with Nigel Ng. So if Haya is one of my characters' catchphrases, you know, mm. right? it's like he's disappointed and stuff. So it's spelled H A I Y A A with Nigel Ng. If you search Nigel Ng in your podcast app, you should find it. I'm also going on a world tour, doing my stand up as myself and as Uncle Roger. Uh, Uncle Roger is my, uh, opens for me, and then I do an hour of stand up. <laughs> uh, so check tickets for that if you're interested. I'm going to so many countries, uh, a lot of UK dates. Uh, that's ongoing. So I'll probably still be doing my UK dates, but then I'm going to the US, Australia, Asia, Europe, everywhere, uh, and Canada by the end of the year. So uh, go search Nigel Ung tour or something and you will find my tickets there. Brilliant. Well, thank you again for joining us today. It's been a real pleasure. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So there you go. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did recording it. We'll be back again next week with another podcast. Uh, I can't remember who it's going to be with, but one thing I will tell you is it's going to be good because we make sure we pick good guests. And, you know, if, if there's any aspiring podcasters out there, that's a good tip. Get good guests. Desert Island X has been a sync clap production created by James Deacon, produced and presented by Dan Benedictus, edited by the wonderful Chris Attaway, social media support from Jason Leach and Chinsey Clinton, and as always a special mention to Grand Mamster Flash and John Deacon for their unwavering support. Uh, that's it for me. Thank you very much. Bye bye. <laughs>